Thank you. I'm so honored to be here today to take you deeper into the process of soul recovery and the 12 steps of recovery from a metaphysical perspective. And I know that Reverend Mark has kicked this series off so powerfully for the month of June. This is a very passionate topic for me because I know how hard it is to surrender. I know that no matter how long you've been coming to Bodhi, I know no matter how long you've been in the New Thought Movement, that surrender, turning your will and your life, everything that you think you know, everything that you think you need, everything that you think you are, over to the care and, 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 and power of, of, of this presence and power that we call God. I know how difficult that is. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. Because I've become aware that the processes that we used to, that, were used, that used to be effective to support us in healing and unfolding into our wholeness, that they're no longer quite so effective. And I've come to the realization that what used to work is no longer working because it's no longer working for me. That we are being called to go deeper than we've ever gone before. We are being called to surrender at a level that we've never surrendered before. We are being called to do some radical stuff, to make some radical changes in how we relate to our God self, to how we surrender in order to manifest the radical recovery that we are asking for. And so I want to talk to you a little bit today about complete surrender as it relates to addiction. And while I am aware that this is a spiritual center and not an AA meeting, I know that we are being called to surrender to in a way that we never have before. Because we are experiencing addiction in these spiritual centers, in our, in our spiritual center, just as much as someone who might be suffering from drug addiction and alcoholism. I have discovered a common theme that is running amongst people that are suffering from drug addiction and are everyday normal people, so-called everyday normal people. And that is, is that we are suffering from addiction just as much as everyone else in some form or another. So before your eyes glaze over and you run out in the, to the bathroom in the middle of my talk because, of course, you're not addicted to anything, let me unpack this thing called addiction. Addiction is when we have become enslaved to a habit or a thought pattern that is not for our highest and our best good. Addiction is when we have become enslaved to a certain behavior and a certain way of being, even when with our best intentions, we don't want to do that certain behavior or think that certain thought. Addiction is when we have seemingly lost the power to choose even our next thought. 
Addiction is when we have made a decision to follow our purpose and follow our dreams, and we find ourselves getting started on that dream or that purpose, and the chronic addiction to procrastination sabotages us again and again and again, and we find ourselves making the same New Year's resolutions over and over and over and over again. Can I get an amen? And that's nothing to be ashamed of, because what you need to understand is what's happening with you. What you need to understand is what addiction really is. First of all, addiction is an effect. And an effect is simply the manifestation of a deeper cause. And if the cause underneath the effect can be healed, then as scripture says, the crooked places can be made straight. But the crooked places must first be made straight in your own consciousness in order for the crooked, straight, the, the crooked places to be made straight in your external world. Yes? So let's talk about those crooked places, those distorted places in your consciousness, even though you've been coming to Bodhi for a long time, even though you've been in the New Thought Movement for a long time. Because I believe, as I, as I wrote in my book, that these false beliefs and these core wounds, they feel as if sometimes they're wrapped around your very bone marrow. Because we can't discern where the illusions begin and where our wholeness lets off, or our wholeness lets off and the illusions begin. And Bill Wilson talks about that, where he says the alcoholic mind cannot differentiate the truth from the false. That the false seems true and the true seems like a distant fantasy. But I'm here to tell you that the false is an illusion and the truth is the truth that will set you free. Yes? But the reason that we find ourselves recycling the same addiction over and over and over again and we don't understand is because, as Bill Wilson also says, that addiction is centered in a, in a, in a threefold disease, a disease of a threefold nature. And the first nature is based in a spiritual malady. The second is a mental obsession. And the third is a physical allergy. And the spiritual malady simply is, is the belief, the false belief that you are separate and apart from God. That is the cause of all dis-ease. That is the cause of all addiction. And when you are under the illusion that you are separate and apart from your soul, that which created you in its image and likeness, all hell breaks loose. Yes? When you are under the illusion that you are separate and apart from that which you are, your true identity, which you can never really be disconnected from because the wave cannot disconnect itself from the ocean, the, the water cannot forget that it's wet, but we have forgotten that we are one with God. And when we forget that we're one with wholeness, with worthiness, with enoughness, with infinite love, it sets up an insatiable hunger within our consciousness to get fixed. It sets up this illusion that something out there can make us feel whole. And we become obsessed with the idea. And an, an obsession is an idea that, 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 that preoccupies your thought to the point of distraction where you can't think of anything else but that obsessive thought. Can I get an amen no matter how spiritual you are? I was just obsessed yesterday. 
so what happens is we feed that obsessive thought, we rehearse it, we repeat it, and we feed it. We feed this illusion with what it thinks it wants in order to be made whole. And then when we feed it, we're like, okay, I'm cool. Now I've, you know, I've, 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 I've tapped into my disease. I've, you know, I've had me a drink. I've had me a drug. I've called that man. I've called that woman. You know, I've spent that money. I've done whatever that thing is that that obsessive thought says that you should do. And you think you're cool now. But here's the thing. You just released that other monster called the physical allergy. And the physical allergy, which Joe Dispenza has confirmed for me, that whether you're addicted to drugs or alcohol or sugar or food or whatever, even in, in, in an emotional addiction, that there's still a physical component to it. Because when you rehearse and repeat an obsessive thought of worry, doubt, fear, unworthiness, not enoughness, that there is literally a chemical that is released in your brain that you become so addicted to and so used to, no matter how miserable the feeling is, that you, that, that you get turned on by that feeling just as much as you do anything else. And so you keep tapping into that drug. It's a drug, the feeling of unworthiness. It's what we're used to. Even though we're praying it away, we're trying to pray it away, we're trying to meditate it away, we keep defaulting to that place because it feels like home. But it ain't home. It's not home. It's the illusion of home. But there is a solution. There is a solution. And even though everything that I just talked about right now is talking about the first step of no matter how much I pray, no matter how much I meditate, no matter how much I try to forgive, I find myself recycling the same stuff over and over and over again. That's the first step that says I am powerless and my life has become unmanageable. But Bill Wilson says there's a solution and Jesus the Christ says there's a solution and scripture says there's a solution that we can be healed by the transformation of our minds. Bill Wilson promises us in the 10th step of recovery that we absolutely can recover, that we absolutely can heal, but that our recovery is based upon our spiritual maintenance. And then he goes further than that by saying that our recovery, by to, in order to recover, that we must enlarge our spiritual lives, meaning what used to be effective is no longer effective and what used to work is no longer working, that we are being called to expand, we are being called to grow. Scripture says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, and when I became a man, I put away all childish things. And what that means, metaphysically translated, is that what used to work in your last season, you're still trying to work that same muscle. And that day is gone. And now it's time to go deeper. It's time to surrender at an even deeper level. So we can recover if we enlarge our spiritual lives. But let's talk about what recovery is. Because I think that we have, we have uh, the wrong idea about what recovery actually is. We look at recovery as an external idea. We look at recovery as recovering from something. And in effect, is an, ex an external idea, but recovery, healing, is not an external process. Recovery is an internal process. Yes? So, so in order to, so, so recovery is not about recovering from something. It's about recovering something. 
It's about the recovery, the rediscovery, the remembering, the reawakening to that which has been there all the time. You are not, whether you have ever been addicted to drugs or alcohol or food or not. And I really want to drill this point home because we ain't talking to people who are addicted to something. We're talking about our minds and our souls. And so when we recover and rediscover the truth of who we are, and we discover that we were not made in the image and likeness of brokenness, we were not made in the image and likeness of unworthiness, we were not made in the image and likeness of shame, we were not made in the image and likeness of being unloved and abandonment and betrayal, we were made in the image and likeness of God nearer than hands and feet, closer than our breath. And that when we can surrender to that and recover and rediscover that truth of who we are, then the external events must straighten themselves out. It's the law. It's the law. But how do you, how do you straighten that out? I know that many of you have are saying, and I've had many people say to me, and God knows I've said it myself, I've done all the work. I've meditated. I've prayed. I've forgiven. I've done all the work. Why? What else is there for me to do? I'm still in this place. I know. I know that's frustrating, and I know sometimes it makes you want to just give up. And there's a difference between giving up resignation and surrendering to a power greater than yourself. So first of all, I want to commend you for all the amazing, is that light on because that's my five-minute cue? Have I been up here that long already? You're kidding me, right? Oh my, okay. <laughs> ah! I know that you have healed on so many levels and if you could step back for a moment and see yourself the way I see you, or if you could step back for a moment and look at your past, you will see how far God has brought you. But I know that when you're in the middle of it and it feels like there's no movement and there's nothing happening, it feels like you haven't moved and it feels like you haven't grown or healed at all. But you have. You're being called to go to a deeper level than you've ever gone to before. And I remember many, many years ago, when I was invited to surrender at a, level, at a level that I had never even imagined possible. And this invitation to surrender to a power greater than myself in a way that I couldn't even imagine showed up at my house as my family walking through my door to remove my daughter from an unfit environment. And my daughter holding onto my leg, saying, Mommy, please don't let them take me. Don't you love me anymore? Did I do something wrong, Mommy? When am I going to see you again? And I had no answer because I knew that I was powerless. I knew that I was going to make a promise that I was going to break within the next 24 hours. But I looked at that invitation of surrender to surrender, and I finally said, okay, spirit, no matter what, I'll surrender. But I don't know how to surrender. The spirit says, just just clothe yourself, clothe yourself in the love of the infinite. And I walked to my closet, and, 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 and there, were some, there was this red raggedy dress that I used to wear to AA meetings all the time because I was trying to get some attention from the men. 
And I put on this dress. And I put on this dress to, to walk to my party that was being held in my honor of surrender. And it was this red raggedy dress, but it was a designer dress. And, and, and the famous designer that created this dress was called Willingness. And there were these raggedy shoes in the closet, and I put them on, but they were these designer shoes called Surrender. And I slipped on my raggedy shoes of Surrender, and I put on my raggedy dress of Willingness. And I crawled. Because transformation and surrender is not easy. Because it's asking you to give up everything you know. It's asking you to give up your little life so that you can be available for the big life that God has in store for you. And it's going to take everything you've got. And now, as I stand here with 27 years of sobriety, I just got up off the floor again. I just got up off the floor again as the universe said, it's time for you to surrender walking into relationships with a significant other on your knees like you're unworthy and you're unlovable and you're not enough. It's time for you to surrender and break agreement with that illusion. Can I get an amen? It's time for you to walk into your purpose. It's time for you to walk into your career. It's time for you to walk into a relationship with your beloved as someone who is standing in their wholeness and their enoughness and their badass sexiness. But it has taken everything I have for this transformation. Because when you surrender, when you truly surrender, the universe will give you a sign immediately that you're on the right track because you will feel a sense of peace that you have never felt before. And you will feel a sense of lightness and rightness about surrendering. But the work has just begun. Because when you surrender, all oh, heaven's about to break loose. <laughs> when you really surrender, real transformation is about to happen. And what happens in real transformation, it's like when you walk past an excavation site or a construction site, it's a bloody mess. It's a mess as they are tearing apart what no longer serves, yes? so that they could build what is new and what is real and what is right. And just like I'm sure as the caterpillar is transforming into the butterfly, during the chrysalis transformation stage, it is a mushy mess. So transformation, when you've surrendered your life over to the care of God, is a mushy, it looks like a mushy mess. But spirit is saying, beloved, I am forever with you, and all that I have is thine, and I am going to turn that mushy mess into a message. I am going to turn that mushy mess into your testimony. And I'm sure as the metal goes through the fire to become gold, that if it had words, it would say, damn, it's hot. And as a stone is being chiseled into to become this work of art, this work of beauty, if it had feelings, I'm sure it would say, ouch. But even in the ouch factor, I am forever with you. And if you make your bed in heaven, I am there. And lo, if you make your bed in hell, I am there too. It's all right, beloved. If you're in the mush, if you're, if you're in the mess right now, be still. You're not alone. You're not alone. And guess what? 
You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to do it by yourself. Take a breath. Just take a breath. Just take your bra off. Just let go. You women know what I mean? You get home from a long day, you just, oh, just take your bra off. Just, <laughs> that's what it feels like when you surrender. It's like, oh, God, oh. Just feels good. So why aren't your prayers working? Why aren't your prayers working? Why are you getting up from meditation in just as much pain and confusion as you did before you got into meditation? Because you're going into meditation and prayer saying the wonderful flowery words, but underneath the words, you're begging and beseeching a God who's already got your back. You're trying to get a God to fix you when the divine presence within you never got the memo that you were broken. So, I want to take you into a process of surrender right now. Can we get a little bit of music? I want you to think of all of your obsessions, all of those thoughts that just seem to like be a wasp's nest in your head you just can't quiet it down. I want you to think about that relationship that you're trying to hold on to that's no longer serving you. But you're trying to hold on because you're trying to hold on to your little life. And scripture says, if you try to save your life, you will lose your soul. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will gain eternal life. And my sake is your sake, the sake of your wholeness, the sake of your self-love, the sake of your self-awareness. I want you to think of that job that has become too small for you that you're trying to hang on to because you know what your salary is going to be every week. I want you to think of that marriage that has become your identity but the till death do us part has already happened. I want you to think of that place in your gut that's just filled with fear and anxiety. And I want you to surrender it to God. Not to the God of your upbringing, the withholding, judgmental, unloving, unavailable God but a God that is love and loves you as if you were the only begotten. That is your cheerleader, your champion, your best friend that desires to express as the highest and best through you. And I want you to just close your eyes and go into your heart. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. You're talking to this God now that is love, that adores you, that's got, that's got your back. You want to say to this God, Father, Mother, God. Let me hear you, Father, Mother, God. I offer myself to you to build with me and to do with me as you will. Take away my difficulties my illusions, 
my obsessions, my fears, my resistance, my resentments. Take away my difficulties so that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy love, thy power, and thy way of life. May I do your will always. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. Thy will be done. I want you to go into your heart and I want you to tell the universe, I trust you. I trust you with my life. I trust you with my life. And where I don't believe, Spirit, help me to believe. I release my shame to you. I let it all go so that I could be made new transformed by the renewing of my mind. Take a breath. Oh, let it go. Let it go. Spirit's waiting for you. Yes, she is. She loves you. Yes, she loves gonna be alright, yes it is, you just gotta let go, let go, let go, let go beloveds, your big life is waiting, and so it is, amen. Esther Nicholson! Woo!